A group of battered bastards gets stuck outside Bastogne. A sheltered, wealthy woman is denied engagement by her wary father. A missive promising separation throws married life into jeopardy for a trio of women. A stern general takes over a low-morale bomber unit. And a hick of the people rises the political ranks. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1949. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... It's happening. Oh my God. The crowds have been clamoring. They've been banging down my door. They've been saying, where's my content? Where's, where's my, my content? content? And you said, don't worry. I know how much you guys love the films of the 40s. Yes. Yes, this is, um, you know, we know people this love is this niche. so much. This is some niche shit. We know that people love the film of the 40s so much, we didn't even attempt to get a guess. We've no. we've thrown out the idea of having guests for these episodes. No. It's just I cannot, you and I. in good conscience, I, I <laughs> cannot in good conscience make make somebody watch Battleground. I yeah. just can't. I just can't do it. It's fair. I just can't do it. I yeah. just can't do it. Um, Meg, we've been on another extended uh, pause in recording. Yep. <clears throat> um, you know, we had one at the beginning of the summer. We got some Tarantino uh, episodes out for the folks, for the fans, for the shitties. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we knew we were going to do the forties, but it took me a minute. I had to get you the movies and then mm-hmm. you were out of you town. You had to get probably yourself the movies. Yeah. You were out of town. You, you went to visit your, your parents mm-hmm. up in Oregon and then you came back and then I immediately went to the Pacific Northwest. I had to go to a wedding in Seattle. So we've just been, you know, uh, on that trail you know. I'm sure people were taking like there was a, a such a sigh of relief. Oh, thank God they threw in the towel. The, yes, the the yeah. podcast is over. Well, th- not I think, so. Not no, so. No, I mean I got dysentery but survived, and then you got bit by a snake but survived, mm-hmm. and then we just had to realize we weren't going to be able to take back the full weight of the buffalo that we murdered. No. Uh, to eat. It so we left it. We too, left where we left weight. it where we shot it. Yeah, yeah. Forded yeah. across the river, and here we are. Here we are to talk Look, about the films Craig. of 1949. Craig, I'm about ready to. I, I, we've already discussed, you know, our personal lives off, yeah. off, uh, off mic. I'm about ready to just jump into it. I don't have anything. I truly do not have el- anything else going on. Look, if you don't have anything you want to share about your life that's come up over this last, you know, four or five weeks since we last recorded, <laughs> that's fine. Let's talk about Battleground. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hard because I want to get, I just really want to give Battleground its due. Yeah. I just want to get straight to these great, great movies yeah. um, and make sure that we spend so much time talking about them. I will say that I, I actually enjoyed... Really liked one of these movies. Me too. Uh, I bet it's the same. It, I bet it's the same one. Yeah. I actually really, I actually really pretty enjoyed, much enjoyed a second two. one. Yeah, and then yeah. there's the there's there's a third one that I thought started super promisingly, and mm-hmm. then it sort of uh, 
it didn't live up to what I wanted it to be. Yep. And then there's one where I was like, okay, fine. And then there's one where I was like, I'm going to need to put some needles in my eyes. And I think that's battleground. I think that's battleground. And that's what we're going to talk about first. (laughs) Great. Um, Let's talk about, let's talk about the worst, the worst first. First of all, so (laughs) battleground is based on the true story of a group of soldiers that are known as the battered bastards of Bastogne, which is a much better title for a movie. One thousand percent. You couldn't put, but this is the this is the night this is nineteen forty nine baby. You bastards. can put bastards. Yeah. Um. But what do you what is this? What is this? A Tarantino? What, what, yeah. what are you doing here? What do you think you're doing? What do you think you're doing? No. Maybe uh, if they'd spelled it with an e, they could have gotten away then with they, it. Then they could have gotten away with it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um. It's 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 important for us to put this in historical context. Yeah. This fucking. This war. is four years after the war. It's only four years. old. It's weird sometimes when I watch these movies, just if I may for a minute, mm-hmm. and I probably think you probably feel the same way, <clears throat> hearing them be like, you know, of all the places in all the world, like, like we're going into Paris to flirt with the girlies or whatever the fuck. Yeah. How, there's such a distinct way that these soldiers, there's two war movies here. Uh, such a distinct way that these soldiers talk. It feels, yeah. especially compared to the other three movies, which I think are actually pretty contemporary. It, like right. they like they're interesting subject matter and whatever. It feels like dated in a lot of ways. But this is only four years after this war. Like, is is this how people talked? Yeah. Like it must be right. You they're bet not your writing. Bippy. Bet your bippy. Bet your bippy. I felt like this movie was trying. Ah, nuts. I, I mean, feel he like did it was say like that. trying. He said nuts. I feel like they were trying to do something really interesting with this movie, and it actually, as I was watching it, it reminded me a little bit of Biloxi Blues, in that you there's this like the background of the war, but you're trying they're trying to like show the soldiers just as like sort of regular people that are stuck in this terrible situation. Right. It just was not super interesting to me, and like yeah. I mean, I wrote down. I literally wrote down. This is a weird movie. A lot of bits. <laughs> They're doing a lot of bits. It's like uh, it's like war happened in front of the Groundling Studio. <laughs> <laughs> Same level of attractiveness too. Yeah, and yeah. that's not a knock on the Groundlings. It's just like it's a real middling. It's a lot of just uh, pasty white, uh, you know, actors um, <laughs> in this movie. There's a monologue. Hard to Pre- keep them separate. Hard to keep them oh, separate, 100%. except for the main guy, the the big, the big like burly, like maybe maybe yeah, Ginger Van, Van Johnson. Right, yeah. right, right. Everybody else the is sort of idol. yeah, yeah. There's a there's this monologue early on in the movie that one of the younger soldiers gives that is so like college audition monologue that I feel like I probably did it for college auditions. <laughs> And the character just blocked it out. The actor that does it, and I think it's—I mean, I think it's like a supremely obnoxious performance. But he was in our gang, child star, like that became they called it the Little uh, Rascals. The last, the Little Rascals. Interesting. So he was like one of like the big ones early on, then basically kind of got displaced by like Alfalfa and Buckwheat and stuff like that. So he was coming with his own bits. He had he had bits. Bits and, for days. But it made me want to look him up. His name was Scotty Beckett, and he had, like, a really tragic end. Like, he does this movie and then gets into, like, a lot of legal trouble, and basically I think he died of, like, cirrhosis, like, 
at like Shit. 42 or something like that. Like it was, uh, it was bad. It's sort of like just by very much like classic child star as we come to think of it now, like trajectory. Yeah. Greatest um, generation. Hey, how many of these dudes do you think were actually in the war? I would think probably most of them. Cause I feel like that was like a thing like with, you know, famously like a bunch of directors went over and weren't necessarily like fighting the war, but were like shooting stuff for the war and, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, they like, probably were involved. Like, yeah. Jimmy Stewart was like in the war, right? Like, so even people yeah. that were like huge, like, because he was already huge because Philadelphia story is what, 39 or something like yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, obviously, like, famously, like Ted Williams and all these mm-hmm. like big baseball players uh, were in the war. So I would mm-hmm. assume a lot of these guys probably fought, probably not in the trenches of France necessarily, right. but were somewhere. It just is it, the thing that's tough about it, and I, and again, this is four years after the war, and I appreciate that they they rep, they represented all these guys as like human. Some of them yeah. like want they were afraid they wanted to desert, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. All of this stuff, it all makes sense to me. They didn't like romanticize. I think the idea of 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 war and whatever and being right. in the war. Um, although that speech at the end by the chaplain, well, was, it, yeah. Ben, we're going to talk. There is a second war movie that we'll talk about in a few minutes that I think I liked better as a movie, but I think the message is way more fucked up in that movie. Agreed, agreed, <laughs> agreed. We'll discuss that. Yeah, but I just, but I just think that um, we got better at. I don't know. We got better at making war movies. Is that what it is? I guess yeah. we got better at making war movies. Yeah. It's just hard to tell, like, because it's all on a soundstage or whatever. It's just like it, everything, every every setup looks kind of the same. Right. Um, there's because of all the bits, there's no, like, a couple of people die. A couple of the guys die, obviously. Yeah. Um, but there's no emotional payoff to that. You and know I what think I mean? it's because of what you talked about that they all kind of blend together, which yeah. I could see like in 1949, maybe being effective in a way, because we don't like, if you had just come home from the war mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. you were the wife of someone who was lost in the war or something and being like, this indescript person is, was my brother was, but like for us now, it's like, we want to like hold on to actual characters and that. Yeah. And I think that's hard to do with this movie. Yeah, not just their positioning. And also, like, between this one and the other war movie, we'll talk about, like, here's what I'm realizing. I don't know a lot about, like, the military. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to shock you. I know you look at me and you're like, Semper Fi, like, no question. So here's what's weird to me is, because we went to call, we went to, we went to to university together. Mm -hmm. And I thought you were... I thought you were like studying military history while we were there. Yeah, I know, I know. A lot of people had that had that misconception about me because because of the buzz cut. But what um, was your major? <laughs> majors, Craig. Majors. Oh, that's right. You double majored in two dead arts: theater and journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct on both counts. Um, I love that my parents were like. You can't just major in drama. You have to do something that would help you get a job. Be I'm a staring in the camera for effect. <laughs> Be a journalist. Um, <clears throat> specialize in print. Anyway, um, what was I saying? 
just this this just this movie I don't understand these movies like when they talk about maybe I'd feel more connected too if I knew like the ranks and like the movements right. or the whatever like I don't know I don't none of this they'd be like oh he's on you know blah blah, blah duty or whatever I'm just like I don't know what any of this I don't understand what any of this means and it does seem like and I didn't read up enough <clears throat> about it but it does seem like this was sort of like a famous story from the war yeah. like these guys so it would have been similar to us like being like Oh, well, you know, I know about this group of Navy SEALs that killed Osama bin Laden, so Zero Dark Thirty holds extra interest to me because this sure. is such a national news story that, you know, if we had seen this 65 years ago, that maybe we would have been like, oh, yeah, the battered bastards. Like, sure. cool, they're doing yeah. a movie about them. Yeah, and who knows what 65 years ago, I'm sorry, 65 years in the future, what Zero Dark Thirty will look like, but just the way that it's shot as is, like, is just more dynamic and it's, they are using locations and like there's, they, they have tension built up. Right. There's just no tension. There's no, there's no there, there for these guys. It's just a bunch of guys doing bits in, you know, a miserable area of France, which you didn't think there could be miserable areas of France, but. Here it is. We found it. Here it is. Yeah. Unless you know, unless uh, you were at like a bad, a bad showing at Can, right? <laughs> Have you seen that movie yet? By the way, I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't because okay. I was out of town. So that's right. That's right. And that Look, wasn't all... at Can. That was at Venice. Sorry, that was in Venice. That was. We in of Venice. course are talking about Don't Worry, Darling, um, <clears throat> which it makes sense because Chris Pine, I think, is in Battleground. So. Um... <laughs> He would, it would be like all of, if they made that today, it would be like all of the Chris's. Yeah. And like James Marsden, mm-hmm. you know, it'd yeah. be that. And then, um, what's his name? Not Timmy Chalamet. Um, uh, Lucas Hedges would definitely do yes. that annoying monologue. Oh my God, <laughs> it would totally be Lucas Hedges. I do like Lucas Hedges. And then there'd be, you know what? Jacob Elordi would be in it too, but he'd die like right away. Oh, and we would all be like, thank God. That guy is six foot nine. Big dude. (laughs) Big dude. Do you hear that he's playing Elvis too? Anyway. I did. Priscilla. Priscilla. Um, Queen of the desert. I think the one thing that'll stick out for me from this movie is when they're all throwing away their gas masks. And I was like, you guys are probably going to like, you should maybe keep those gas masks. <laughs> Could save your life one day. Yeah, Could save your life one day. Although I guess gas wasn't as big of a deal in World War II as no. it was World War One. No, so. they were prepping for, yeah, well, although this is 1944. At that point, they should know, like, guys, it's not about the gas. It's more about, well, not, not on the battlefield, at least. Yeah, that's true. Dark. Um, yeah, that's Battleground. I don't have a ton else to say about it. No, it's... It's long and it's pretty boring. Yeah. And I don't recommend watching it. Sorry. Sometimes you go back and you find a real gem. Yeah. Um, this is not it. Yeah. This is not it. It's not. I, I was thinking, like, what do you think is the best movie made about, like, World War Two? Like, just straight up World War Two, And it's probably Saving Private Ryan, right? I mean, I like Saving Private Ryan a lot. I know there are people that find it a little too rah-rah. It is a little, it, it for a sure. But I, as Spielberg yeah. tends to be, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I really like it. So, yeah, I just think if you're if, like a like straight about the you know like these types of movies, like a war movie about World War Two, right? In the trenches, whatever. Like, I don't think you're going to get better than that. And and again, 
just the stakes in that and like the 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 way they take time to build the characters and like and that's also a large cast obviously right uh but the way that they do that is such is just you know just more deftly done this yeah. is just a lot like and there's funny bits in it too but it's just so many so many weird jokes made and like whatever and then and then it's just hard to downshift quickly when like the the latino guy is like dead in the snow which i kind of don't even remember hap it's just very like right. it's very haphazard well he got like shot and then they had to leave him and they came back and it's like did he die yeah. of blood loss did he die because he froze to death um, and why how long did, did you him leave so, him for how long did you leave him for because that was like a huge it takes a long time for snow to build up like that yeah um yeah not for me yeah not for i'll me. tell you what a movie that was for me was 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 and was, that's was. the heiress this movie fucking slapped. This is Loved good. It. This is a this good is, fucking movie. This not only I had seen I've seen this play before. <laughs> I have done a reading of this play before. Um, have you read Washington Square? I've never read Washington Square. No, I have not. Um, but I'll say specifically, Olivia De Havilland is incredible in this movie. She is so dope. <laughs> And also Montgomery Cliff too, who I often think of as just a pretty face. Yeah, because he is so. Th- we'll talk about like both Gregory Peck is in the other is in an, is in the other war movie, and like it's very funny because both sometimes. Sorry, this is this is Megan's hot guy corner. Welcome right. to Megan's hot guy corner. Sometimes when you watch these movies, you're like, oh, like attractiveness used to mean something different back in the day like right. like a movie star used to look a little bit different like even like a Clark Gable or like whatever like that's it's like dashing but it's not like it's funny how it's like how some stuff transfers uh yeah. translates and both Gregory Peck and Montgomery Clift are like if they were alive today would also be fucking movie stars cuz they right. are hot as hell she is so mesmerizing in this like she is so good and so different like yeah it also she's so different from beginning to end that's another thing that you notice the, watching these the movies. transition that she makes in this movie is it's excellent it's insane and i think that's another thing that you notice is uh, is even when people even when the story calls for in older movies even when the story calls for change for like like a transformation to happen within a character. A lot of times I think they get, because they're movie stars, they're yeah. not act, they're not necessarily actors. <clears throat> they get stuck doing, playing like this is the character and it doesn't matter whatever the circumstances, I'm just going to play it like this character. And Olivia de Havilland doesn't do that. She yeah. really makes it her own and she is so good. Yeah. Um, so for people that don't know, that the heiress is about basically Olivia to have him plays the daughter of a wealthy man whose mo- her mother's already passed away and she's already getting a yearly amount because her mother comes came from wealth. So she's already getting like ten thousand dollars a year. And then once her father passes away, it's like an additional twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year. Um, and this all takes place in the middle of the nineteenth century. So that's a ton of money. Um and she seems kind of spinstery. She's very quiet. She's very shy. She doesn't, Olivia de Havilland's she, beautiful, but they they've done her hair and they've done her so that she's she's just very mousy, pretty, but yeah. she's just kind of mousy, yeah, and very socially inept. Like she mm-hmm. cannot hold conversation with 
strangers at all. Um, but her father is sucks. I mean, yeah, he ultimately he <laughs> ultimately dad. like has like Bad dad. ultimately has a pretty good read probably on Monty Clift. The the movie leaves it a little more up for debate whether he's actually this guy that is going to basically her father will not says that he's going to take away her the money that he's going to give her if she marries this man because he thinks that Monty Cliff's just a social climber he's just trying to do it for the money right which I think the the movie solves at the end by saying like he, and this is what I loved about it too, by saying like, well, he is, right. but that doesn't mean that she won't also, like he's, that doesn't also mean that he's like, that doesn't mean that he's, that doesn't follow that he's a bad guy. Right. Like he also like, he does like her and they get along and she loves him and yeah. like whatever. And like the, it's, it, I mean, again, it's funny because it's very, uh, you know, a hundred years before that, it wouldn't have even been a question. It would right. have been like, well, of course he's a social climber, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, this is a good match. Yeah. Like, it's about, um, about keeping money in the family. I think both the book, and I saw the play on Broadway with Jessica Chastain and Dan Stevens. All right, la-di-da. Um, when did they do that? 2018, maybe? Interesting. 2019? Honestly, good casting. Yeah. Um, but I think both the book and the and the original stage version, which this movie is based off of, make it kind of clear that he really is just in it for the money. There's not mm-hmm. a super connection there, and they wanted to sort of soften that for the movie because Monty Clift was like a rising star, and they didn't want yeah. him just to be the bad guy. Uh, Monty yeah. Clift, by the way, hate, hated this performance. Apparently he walked out of the premiere because he thought he was so bad. Really? I love yeah. that he's such a perfectionist in yeah. that way. I, do I think, think he does a fine job. I think he's fine. I do think his um, his accent, like, if I was, like, dad and he came in, I'd be like, yeah, this guy's low class. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't, totally. like, it's totally. not, like, super well hidden yeah. that he is of it, that he does not come from the same amount of money. Well, and he's super, he's super hot and charming and like, whatever. It doesn't, I mean, the best part of the whole movie is when it comes out basically that, and she comes to the realization because he basically, like they have the dad and um, Olivia de Havilland have it out. And Olivia de Havilland comes to the realization, spoiler alert, where she's like, oh, he doesn't like me. He doesn't like me at all. Not right. only does he not love me, he does not like me. Well, his, what he says is a hundred girls, there are a hundred girls wittier, a thousand prettier. It's just your money. And then he says, he basically says, and you embroider well. That's like the one compliment yeah. that he pays her, his yeah. daughter. Yeah. Um, and it's then. It's rough. It's rough stuff. It's real bad rough. Bad dad. <laughs> bad dad. Bad dad stuff. Bad dad stuff. And then she goes on a real, uh, a real tear. I mean. It's it's great. I think it's I think it's really good. And I didn't know I was not familiar, so I didn't know it was going to happen. And um, yeah, edge of my seat type stuff. It's totally psyched. Meg, do you were uh, I know because of your age. Um, mm, do you miss carrying around a physical dance card that you had to write down <laughs> all your partners on? <laughs> Honestly, it would make my life it would have made my life so much easier because i it was hard to keep track of them all yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people lining up 
Well, everybody knows that, as well as a charming conversationalist, you are an excellent dancer. Excellent dancer. Ooh, the way that I move my body. Mm-hmm. People are into it. I do like that. I do like just like covering up in so many different yards of fabric. Just sure. She comes downstairs and she's like, I'm wearing whatever. She's like, I'm wearing red. Like it's, well, it's black and white, but she's like, it's cherry red, the dress. And I'm like, I hope it is. Cause I don't, there is you, it's basically, you're a giant puff ball. Yeah. But, um, anyway. Um, she says towards the end of the movie to her father, when she's decided she's going to marry him anyway. Um, and he's like, but he, he'll never love you, basically. He, and she says, it's kind of like, why should that matter? I lived with you 20 years before finding out you didn't love me. Yeah. Ooh, but what a line. But what yeah. a good fucking line. It's a great line. And then he's dying and she's like sitting in the park and the the whatever the lady comes out to tell her like your father wants to see you and she's like nah nah i'm good i'm good bye Tough ralph shit. richardson bye yeah. sir ralph later <laughs> too um, little and, too late motherfucker and then at the end you know her father's dead morris the monty cliff character has has returned and she tells him that they're going to marry and she just basically locks the doors and doesn't let him in and Lavinia, her aunt, which honestly, she needed someone between her dad and Lavinia. Lavinia is yeah. a little too uh, soft. Um, yeah. And she's basically like, how could you be so cruel? And she says, yes, I can be very cruel. I've been taught by masters. Great line. <laughs> also, Lavinia, were you... Quinn! Ah! Oh! <laughs> For those of you at home wondering, yes, my dog still gets up on the counter. For those of you who just are tuning in for the first time for the 1949 episode, uh, Megan has a lovely pup named Quinn. She felt bad and came over and licked my elbow afterwards because she knows she's not supposed to do that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Lavinia, you saw this poor chick stay like wait for Montgomery Cliff to come and get her in the middle of the night and then he didn't come. Yeah. Oof, that was tough. And you know, as the as the audience member, like you know, he's not coming. Right. It was rough. Anyway, this is a movie I I wholeheartedly recommend people watch. Um, yeah, I think Holds up. I think I think everything is really pretty good about it. But the Olivia De Havilland performance is exceptional, and she won Best Actress for this, so yeah. a much deserved actual win. Deser- so. Deservedly so. So yeah, yeah she's great. Um, all right, a letter to three wives. This is so, the other movie that I kind of liked, Craig. So this is the movie that I was talking about that I loved the idea of more than I loved the eventual execution. Because I think this that's movie fair. this movie opens with a voiceover by Miss Addie Ross. Mm-hmm. Basically Celeste telling us about herself. Yeah, telling us about so this movie is this is Joseph Mankiewicz a year before he makes All About Eve. And some of the dialogue you can see, like you're like, oh okay, yeah, this that definitely tracks it bites but basically like it's this woman talking about like these other women in her town and then she's talking about how she's written a letter to them letting them know that by the time they get back from this field trip 
that they are on with, I guess, their children. The, it's just like in no, general, I, the school. Or I looked like, it up. I was because con- I was confused because yeah. I was like, what is happening? It's like <laughs> underprivileged children. Okay. These are like three like wealthy-ish ladies who are like, and they like take a bunch of underprivileged children like out on a boat for the day. So yeah. they like can't get it. So as they're getting on the boat to go away for the day, the letter says, uh, bye guys, I've left town, deuces. And I've by and I've but I've taken a memento. I've run away with one of your husbands. Fucking fire setup. Yeah, fire, fire. But then, then we see the movie kind of becomes like a triptych. We sort of just yeah spend half an hour, forty minutes with each of the women and their husbands, and like kind of the background of their marriages to try and figure out, you know. Which one of these is is not coming home? And there's some good stuff in there, but Mm -hmm. I think the setup, like you said, is so lit that I was hoping that it, um, I actually wanted it just to be more of like the women on the boat, like sort of like. Because they're a little catty catty with with each other. And and they do get a little catty with each other when they're like, I know what you're thinking. It's like, it's probably like whatever. They're all trying to put it on the other one's husband. That's probably him that left or whatever, but also they're pretty chill about it. Yeah. They're very resigned. They get the d- boat gets back and they're like, "All right, well, time to go home." Yeah. Um, no spoilers cuz let's let them figure it out. I yeah. do I will say I think the uh if you watch this movie, I think the end is kind of toothless. Yeah. 100%. Yes. It's almost unclear what happened. Yeah. I had to because I was like, "Wait, it's, what?" It's almost like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it very much feels like it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter. We've watched this whole thing for, you know, 2 hours and I'm like, "Well then, so it, it, no, nobody? It's very weird." <laughs> yeah. Um, but that one girl, that one wife, she's smoking. The young wife? Yeah. yeah. Hot. Very hot. Um did you know Thelma Ritter is unlisted and is uncredited in this movie? Babe, I don't think I know who Thelma Ritter is. She in all she about John, Eve. John River Ritter's something? No, Thelma Ritter is in this. She's the housekeeper. The like, oh, cook. okay. I'm sorry. I do know. Thel- yeah, she's the funny one. She's in all about Eve. The, she's the assistant. like Ben Davis's assistant. Yeah. Yeah. I looked her up. Yeah. What do you mean? She's uncredited. She's not credited in the movie. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, she is on IMDb. That's so weird. If you look at the IMDb trivia, she was listed. She was not listed in like the credits on the film itself. That's so. It's not like she has like like one scene. Like she's she in, has like, like a larger <laughs> yeah. role. That's so funny. No, she she is a riot. That voice alone is a uh, is a real riot. She's great. Um, there's a line at the very beginning of the movie. Part of the voiceover was. It was Brad who gave me my first black eye and my first kiss. Yeah. And I think it's because they're supposed to, it's supposed to have been like they were implied like when that they, they were, were young. young. Yeah. But it, but it doesn't sound great. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just consider that two kisses honest. myself. It doesn't sound great. Here's one thing that's a bummer too, is you never see Addie, the voice I of know. the yeah. The voice. And I just wanted to see, I didn't even need to, I just wanted a picture. Because right. the way they talk about her is like, this chick is fucking Jennifer Lopez. Like, right. she is. She is sending so classical hum- records to my husband, yeah. Kirk Douglas, on his birthday. 
And by the way, I forgot today is my husband's birthday. I forgot today was my husband's my husband Kirk Douglas's birthday. Yeah. Tough. Tough. Um, you're hot and you're sen- sending and and quoting Shakespeare to him? Okay. I think that's my favorite I would be segment. Intimidated. The dinner party. Yeah, I like the dinner party. Um I I like and I like everything with the poor woman, the hot chick more than the the very first the very first girl is like worries that she's like too plain and too country for yeah. her like war hero like husband. Yeah. And I, I don't care about that. I was Ultimately, like, like all the husbands are pretty problematic and like ladies like move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are great prizes. No. no. I'm going to say that right away. Honestly, I'd take the rich guy at the end and like he suspected, divorce him, take mm-hmm. the money and run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, some good dialogue. Some, um, it's not a movie I would not recommend to people. No. But I, I think a, it just, I, I just think it ultimately doesn't uh, make do of its, of its premise. Yeah, it doesn't fully deliver on the promise of the premise, but I wasn't super bored. Yeah. I was like, this is holding my attention. This is like, uh, this is interesting enough. And there's like, interesting stuff to look at and uh yeah yeah anyway letter to three wives letter to three wives that brings us to our final nominee which is our other war film which is 12 o'clock high oh dear um i want to talk for uh ever ever yeah about gregory peck right i just did it i so this movie spoiler alert is the other is the other war movie um i was quite bored during mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, actual, and they say at the beginning, there's a lot of like actual footage of aerial fights between yeah. the Americans and the Luftwaffe. Um, and so I, I imagine in 1949 that was like incredible and impressive. It is not in the year 2022. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty boring, but I will, but the, at least unlike, unlike battleground, it's like, a little more serious and it, and it's a, the focus is smaller. It's, Mm -hmm. it's all revolves around Gregory Peck's character. Who's like the head of this, uh, he's basically like a general that gets brought in. Yes. I mean, I thought the, the setup for the movie in a similar, in a sort of similar way to battleground, it seems like this is going to be about, you know, he's brought into this bomber unit that has all these soldiers that basically like just want to go home. Like they don't want to, yeah, like fly off on these seemingly suicide missions. They're um, doing daylight like, bombing. That's yeah. like the big thing. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And, but then like the whole idea with Gregory Peck's character is he's this stu- super stern general that's going to come in and like, be like, I'm going to boost morale. So you will go out and get killed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's the message of the movie yeah. is take some pride in your work that you're doing. That For is your country. It's okay. If, it doesn't matter if you die. It's really about, yeah, larger well, campaign. Listen, it's fascism. It's it's fighting fascism. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, Gregory Peck. I don't know. Become so, a fascist country ourselves. Seventy ourself? years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Eighty Life's years. Funny so like that. Eighty years later. Eighty years later. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that Italy just elected like, a, their yeah. first fascist? Yeah. Since yeah. Mussolini. That's fun. Um, it turned out so well for him. I would love to be a fascist in Italy, thinking like this is going to. You know what? I'll just be able to walk through the square, I bet, instead of being dragged <laughs> through it. 
That's probably I mean, at least at least Hitler like got to go out. Kind of, I'm sure in a on, on his, his own, you know whatever on his, on his own, own terms. terms. Yeah. Um. Uh. At least Hitler. Man, so many so many sentences just start with that. Uh. But okay, so I was bored during this, so yeah, I did I did a, a a deep dive on Gregory Peck, <laughs> who I always knew I loved. Right. This guy. What a fascinating, fascinating man. Like, and also, like, I was going to text you this. Is he the least problematic male figure in Hollywood history? John Wayne. (laughs) Maybe. That's a joke. He's joking. It's John Wayne or Charlie Chaplin. I think those are the two that are. (laughs) Only married twice, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck did not serve in World War II. And it's because he had a back injury Mm. and MGM and he got it during a, during dance classes and uh, whoever he was under contract with at the time thought it was not manly enough. So they told everybody that it was during dance classes. So he told, they told everybody, they put out press releases saying it's because uh, an old crew injury because he rode crew Mm -hmm. and then he contradicted them and was like, no, it's from dance. (laughs) Like, (laughs) No, it's from those dance classes you made me take. Yeah, it was from dance classes. It's not from crew, which, first of all, badass. Yeah. And then in the it, like at the height of HUAC, he wrote a letter to fucking Joseph McCarthy in the House on, on American Activities and was like, this is fucking bullshit what you're doing, like, which is pretty badass and cool. Not to and mention, he said, like, he defended Tom Robinson. And he defended Tom Robinson <laughs> and said that that was his very favorite. He said, no question, that's my favorite my favorite movie, my favorite performance. Yeah. I think he rules. I think he's hot as hell. I love Gregory Peck. Famously, he gave, um, what's his face? What's her face? Audrey Hepburn, top billing in Roman Holiday because he said this woman's going to be a star. I just think he is great. And this performance is fine. It's just a very boring movie. I don't yeah. Care. The whole, the whole like thing with the entire movie is, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going through this and we're waiting to see his facade crack because we've been introduced to officers and soldiers that are like having trouble with this and he's not. And then he does, he does this the bombing run. The way that run it cracks is. Or he's about to go on a bombing run and he goes into like, he kind of has this like episode and goes into shock and it just feels like it's not enough. And it's not really him. I think it's just the script that fails him because it basically just has him like sitting in a chair while they're waiting to see if people come back from the bombing run. Yeah, he's like comatose. It's very like, it's it's a strange. Yeah, yeah it's not his fault. It's and just then I was, a, actually by the end of the movie, I was like, "Does he die? Is he dead?" <laughs> then they come back, and he like when he because he out of his chair. He, well, he lies down at the very end. He's like, "I'm just gonna lie oh, yeah. down," and lie then I was down. like, "Is he dead? Did he just die?" Right. right. And then, but right. the movie's over, so we don't. Then know. the movie's over, so we never know. Yeah, we never know. Yeah, it just doesn't. I, I, it kept my attention more than Battleground because, again, Gregory Peck is a star, and like yeah. I was, and I was interested in watching him, and I also knew what was going on more. Yeah, because you know whatever. Yeah, and then I it actually, so I, we actually, we actually uh, were on the phone at one point during the movie, and you were like, "Yeah, give me orders, Daddy General." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> Me too, Gregory Peck. Yeah. It'd be great if I had like a weird kink. That was my like weird. I'm like, ooh, yeah. Talk to me like Gregory Peck. And t- 
I don't even remember the name of the movie. 12, 12 hour high? 12 o'clock high. 12 o'clock high. 12 o'clock. Yeah. Talk to me like, <laughs> talk to me like Gregory Peck. In Convince me to go on a bombing no. run. <laughs> <laughs> Roman holiday? Like, no, 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 no. 12 o'clock high. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's again, what it's the same also the same issues with battleground I was like this is four years later i i think they're trying to do something really authentic i'm sure but it just doesn't um there's also this strange um 12 o'clock i has that weird uh framing device the book ending with the other officer seeing the like errol yes. flynn-esque it looks like errol flynn in the adventures of robin hood i don't know yeah. who it's supposed the paper, to be the paper pusher guy yeah yeah, and he, it's like a pitcher or whatever, and he like finds it in some random store. I, we're supposed to go. Oh, there's a part where he like puts it in the bar of the base or whatever, yeah. and we're all supposed to be like, "Oh, uh, that's the thing from the thing." I don't. No need for that. Yeah. No need has no no significance. Yeah, the the to way me they treat it at the beginning of the movie, you think like someone's gonna like drink poison out of it or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, it just is a thing that was on base. Yeah. What? Okay. Oh, well. That's that, um, that, me- that meme of, uh, what's her face? Trisha something or where she's like, huh? What? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, huh? it makes The meme what? I know is the one that it would make me think of is the one, like, the, the girl drinking and she doesn't like it. And she's like, oh, mm. yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Mm. The kombucha girl? Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the best picture winner from 1949, and that's All the King's Men. All the King's Men. Couldn't him, couldn't put them back, couldn't put them back together again. So, loosely Pretty based, good. loosely based on, um, Huey Long. Mm-hmm. Um. Who was a Louisiana, right? Yeah. The big thing about this movie, I would say, because part of it really works and I find really interesting, if felt like maybe this movie was profiting a little bit off Citizen Kane not winning Best Picture because there is something in the movie making that's a little Citizen Kane-ish in terms of like the quick scenes and the yep. use of like media like that's not like um, obviously this film sort of resonates now because it's all about this sort of like man of the people that rises the ranks by you know being like you know i'm just like one of you no one cares about you know the little man and it's very trumpian if you know trump had actually come from nothing instead of all the money in the world yeah um and i do think broder crawford's quite good in the in the lead role who i don't think is very good is the is the the guy the 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 reporter the reporter i think he's quite bad yeah and And it's it he hurts. takes for me. It really hurts the movie. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I don't this really is the best get, we could do. Yeah, this he's he's not good. He's not good. Also, the and I guess it really is mostly his fault actually because they're they try to give him sort of a backstory and yeah. Um, this is what he's you know he's from he unlike Willie he's from wealth and is kind of trying to make his own luck and escape that that trap of whatever being beholden yeah. to his rich stepfather excuse me his rich stepfather right it just doesn't work for me he just doesn't i don't really know 
I don't understand I don't really like know a lot him. of. I don't understand his there's, motivation. There's a lot of stuff within. Like I don't understand like why Anne ends up with Willie. No. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why Sadie is in love with is in Willie. Is in love with Willie? And gives She's us this way like too very smart for that. very dramatic speech in the mirror how she'll never yeah. be like Anne. Like because <laughs> of their chicken pox scars and whatever, which yeah. again in black and white does not really play. Uh yeah, that that character seems way too smart for that. Like I loved her in the beginning when they were setting him up for like the, the the rise of him is so much more interesting than when he actually gets into power. So it's like yeah. cuz he starts off as an as an honest he actually does start off unlike Trump as like an honest man yeah. of the people or whatever. And, and then they have as we they've know, set him up as like a, a patsy or whatever. Yeah. Or not a patsy, but like yeah. somebody I mean, to split exactly, the vote, basically. Yeah, someone to split the vote so their candidate will win and he kind yeah. of calls them out on it and becomes, you know. But then, of course, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Corrupts absolutely. Yeah. I just, I, I, the, there's a few, the, he's good. The side characters do not, the characters that revolve around Willie do not make sense to me. Right. And, and I think the film the film suffers for that. Yeah. I don't remember the the remake at all, sidebar. I keep, confu- I remember I keep confusing when it, ca- it with I the Ides of March. I didn't which see Which is the it. George Clooney one. Yeah, I didn't see it. I mean, it got, it has like an excellent cast, I think, and it got like really bad reviews. Sean Penn mm-hmm. is the Willie role. Not interested. Yeah. Who's Winslet? Who's my girl? Um, I would guess she's probably Anne, right? Or maybe Sadie? Hmm. Let's take a let's take a let's take a quick gander. Take a gander. Take a gander. Cause I'm curious. All the Kingsmen, just... 2000, 2006. Jude Law was Jack Burden. That's good. Okay. That's better. Yeah, Kate Winslet and Stanton. Okay. Um Mark Ruffalo played the brother. Anthony okay. Hopkins played the judge. Patricia Clarkson was Sadie. Patty Clarkson? Patty Clarkson. And then in other supporting roles, we've got Gandolfini, Jackie Earl Haley. Wow. Kathy Baker. These are, that's a crazy good cast. Kevin Dunn from Veep. Tom McCarthy has a small role in the film. Director that's Tom a, McCarthy. Great cast. It's a great cast. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, the, this, again, I think the story, like, I think... But, uh, the novel, the story, like all, like I think it all works. It's just too close to home now. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Um, so John Ireland is the name of the actor that played Jack, and if you look at his IMDb, he did not do a do ton. So else. like even, yeah. uh, I mean, I think he continued working as like a you know day player and stuff. But sure. this is only like really Medieval. big thing. Um, yeah. Also, like. It is like early on. I was like, the scenes are too short. Yeah, like they're like there's so many like like fifteen second scenes. Yeah, early on in the movie, I'm like, and then he goes on that vac he goes on vacation yeah. from work, and it feels like the vacation is three months long. And I think we're supposed to believe it was like a weekend. Yeah, he's he's gone to Burden's Landing. Yeah, forever. Took me a while to realize halfway through. I was like, his name's Jack Burden. Oh, yeah, he's like really... They didn't play that up like enough. Like, I think that that would have been interesting too to see like sort of the power 
more of the power dynamic between Willie, who grew up dirt poor and became super powerful, and yeah. Jack, who grew up rich and ended up working for Willie. That would have been a more interesting, yeah. I don't know, like relationship, um, to, to, relationship to explore rather than, honestly, Willie's relationship with Anne or whatever the, like, whatever the fuck, which just seems so, which, again, also never really came to a head. Yeah. Like she didn't apologize for it. He wasn't, he didn't seem that pissed. He was just like disappointed. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, I did think there's kind of uh, at the very beginning of when Willie starts like coming to some political prominence or gets pushed to political prominence, there's a, a scene where a staircase collapses. And I thought that was actually really effectively done. Yes. Um, and then to cut to the funerals of the children that yeah. died in the accident. Yeah. Yeah, the beginning um, was more interesting. Yeah. Um, I did like the line towards the end where they say to Willie, you'll never live to be impeached. And he says, I'll live to be president. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. But years later, I don't know. It's not really Trump. Yeah. No. It's just like all it's people around him. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, anything else you want to say about all the King's men? No. Okay. No. Is well, that okay? I don't have anything do else it. to say about all the King's men. That's fine. Let's, before we talk about maybe any other films from the year, let's rank them. Yes. Five to one. Meg, we'll start with you. Uh, five is going to be Battleground. Yep. Uh, sorry to Battleground. Sorry to this man. Yeah. Uh, four is... I keep wanting to say 12 o'clock. Is it 12 o'clock high? Yeah. 12, 12 o'clock high. 12 o'clock high. I think three for me, I'm sorry, is All the King's Men, just mm-hmm. because I, uh, it was more, I don't know. I, they're very, I could switch these two, but but I'm going to put A Letter to Three Wives at second because I just, there was more for me to land, rest my eyes on. And yeah. there was more, it, it held my attention a little bit more just because I, I like the side the side characters more. And then one with a bullet is the heiress. For sure. Well, Meg, we are so close to a same list here. I go Battleground, 12 O'Clock High, A Letter to Three Wives. Yeah. All the King's Men. But then sure. let's hear for the heiress. Let's hear it for the heiress. What a movie. What, what a, a movie. film. Film. Um, did you check out anything else from the year? No, I didn't watch anything else from it. It was it was enough for me to get the, through these films of 1949. Did you? I did. I did. I ended up because you know, uh, especially with you going out of town, I had a little extra time, so I actually checked in on five other films from the year. Holy shit! Um, one of which you didn't I watch, you at didn't least watch these all the way through, did you? I did. At least one of these I know that you have seen. Um, okay. so maybe I'll end with that one. Um, I checked out Late Spring, which is another Ozu film. Japanese, uh, he kind of like, I feel like him and Kurosawa are like the two Japanese masters, but Ozu is like much more quiet. And, um, mm-hmm. this movie was like too quiet. It's an interesting movie to watch with the heiress because it's a, it's about a woman who lives with her older father, but she very much does not want to get married. She just wants to take care of her father and he mm-hmm. feels like she needs to get married and he's going to remarry. They've lost, her mother's died. 
Um, so he'll have someone to take care of her, but it, uh, just too, too quiet. Not, not anything enough going on. Um, a movie called white heat, which is a James Cagney gangster film. Hey, um, guy, weird face on that guy. Guy Such a weird face. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, it's a pretty standard issue gangster movie, but he's like, has like serious, uh, mommy issues. Um, which is like sort of interesting. They, you know, seeing them throw like some psychology into it as opposed to just being like, ah, I'm shooting them up. See? Sure. Um, on the town. Shades of the Sopranos. Right. On the town. I know that movie. I know that movie. Musical about three sailors. Oh, the musical, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The movie features Frank Sinatra, Gene Kelly, and of course, Jules Munchen. Hmm. The three One biggest names of the 1940s. Not, not like the others. <laughs> um, I don't love this musical. There's some good, I mean, it's it's more scenes than it is like really plot based at all. Um, the character that Gene Kelly's going after, Miss Turnstiles, uh, works at Coney Island as a dancer, but the, the actual kind of dancer was called a cooch dancer, hmm. which, you know, is like hoochie coochie, but now hearing them just say like cooch dancer cooch over dancers, and over again like has not aged well her name is miss turnstiles she doesn't work the turnstiles though she doesn't work the entrance she just no she miss just, miss turnstiles because she's like for the month of april she's miss turnstiles for the subway so she's like uh, um a poster girl so he thinks gene kelly's character thinks like she's like this famous okay uh and he like his whole thing in new york he's like i want to meet like a a famous New York girl. And it turns out, of course, even though she's Miss Turnstiles, which means nothing to anybody else outside of Gene Kelly, she's also from the same small town in Indiana or wherever that Gene Kelly's from. Cute. They had the same second grade history teacher. Cute. Yeah, um, sure. But in the classic Gene Kelly movie, uh, first of all, there's like a 25 minute ballet in the movie. No. <laughs> I man, I, he's and he's incredible, and I you know I love watching dance. Yeah. It really takes you out. I was talking about this the other day to somebody about singing in the rain, and I was like, man, I can really do without the Broadway melody, though. Yeah, am I right? Am and I then right, the her so uh, her dance teacher um, says oh, we're still when on she Miss Styles. Okay, yeah, sorry. when she meets Gene Kelly for the first time, she says to Miss Turnstiles, "Is this child a friend of yours?" And Gene Kelly, of course, was thirty-seven years old when this movie was made. Um, also, keeping uh, as we talked about with an American in Paris, that it's like, why does everybody think Gene Kelly is a man that looks his age or for the slightly time, older or yeah. slightly older? He does not look like he is in his early. 20s. No. Gene. No. Gene. Um, and then two other movies. The Fallen Idol, which I watched on the plane yesterday. That was the other director nominee. I think Battleground didn't get nominated for director. Um, it's a really interesting premise. It's about a butler played by James Mason whose wife is like the head housekeeper of like an ambassador's house. And he is having an affair and his wife ends up falling, but it's all kind of told through the eyes of the ambassador's son, who has a very close relationship with the butler. Um, and he thinks that perhaps he has murdered his wife because he's having this affair. Okay. So it's all about that. But the lead child performance is could not be more obnoxious. Okay, so never. 
Yeah. Nothing nothing worse than a than an obnoxious child performance. Yeah, it's unfortunate because the rest of the movie's good. It was directed by Carol Reed, who directed The Third Man. And then a movie I, I feel like you've probably seen, Adam's Rib. I've never seen Adam's Rib. Oh. I know. Sorry. I do know that movie, but yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if you like Tracy Hepburn comedies. Which I do. It's a Tracy Hepburn comedy. Which you know, I do. They've got a delightful interplay between them. It's about basically a woman shoots her husband who's having an affair and... Spencer Tracy is the assistant DA and he is assigned to prosecute the case and Catherine Hepburn is a lawyer and she takes the woman's defense. Right. defense. So it's, um, there is a, another extreme, I want you to watch it just for, she has a friend named Kip who's like a Noel Coward-esque like piano player um, who's like in love with her. And Spencer Tracy doesn't like him, and she can't figure out why. And it's like, because this guy, A, sucks, and B, because, like, he openly is, like, trying to get you to leave Spencer Tracy for him <laughs> the entire movie. Like, get this guy out of here. Um, but there's this whole scene where they are going through showing slides from their, like, country house. And he comment Kip comments on every slide. Like, he has, like, a jokey thing about every single slide. And it's uh, like, was this funny at the time? What is going on? This is awful. Oh, my God. That's the um, worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Uh, but Adam's Rib is good, but not as good as the heiress. So. Not as good as the heiress. Yeah. Heiress is number one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Apologies to... Apologies to that man. Sorry to that man. Sorry to um, this man. The man being Spencer Tracy, I guess. Yeah. Do you, uh, Meg, have you seen any films, films lately you'd like to recommend? I was kind of racking my brain because I feel like everything, I think we've talked about this, everything that I've seen recently, I have enjoyed. Um, last night, Maddie is doing some, uh, Maddie is potentially doing some work with, um, the WB, like the DC, in the DC universe. So we watched... A, the League of Super, Super Pets? Pets? Yeah. Pretty cute. It's Pretty cute. cute movie. There's yeah. some funny... There was some fun... Did you watch this movie? I saw it in theaters. In theaters. There was a few... There was a few parts where I was like... That are, just, that are funny. The, it's... I mean, it's an animated movie for kids, but they have the... The turtle says, like, fuck and shit, but they beep it out. Yeah. Which and is And it's Natasha Lyonne, so... And it's Natasha Lyonne. It's, uh... There's some funny stuff. There's some funny stuff. Keanu Reeves, Batman. Yeah, Batman. When the guinea pig go, like... When he gets hit by the lasso of truth, and she, she's like, you want the truth? The boots are a bit much. <laughs> I, I LOL'd. I was like, that's a good line. <laughs> um, so I like that. That was fun. Yep, that was fun. I don't did know what else I've a, I haven't... What? Did you get a chance to check out Barbarian yet? No, I'm not going to see that. Isn't that a, I, you know that I'm not going to see that. Well, you're excellent in it. <laughs> Wait, is she in that? Who's in that? Oh, you're just calling me a barbarian. No, you're no, no. Yeah, there's a specific character in it that I'm, I'm likening you to that I'm hoping okay. our okay. listeners that... Um, did Maddie see it? No, Maddie hasn't seen it yet. What the at hell? All. I know. I'm sorry. I know everybody's talking about barbarian. I had. I think to you see the would maybe. King, but oh, the I, woman king I, is I, good. Oh, which I'm excited for. Yeah. And I then I I just I was too tired from. Yeah. The shoot the day before that I didn't end up going, but I do want to see that. I do want to see. Don't worry, darling. I got to be up on the. I want to be into the. 
you yeah. know, up on in the zeitgeist or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know what, I think, uh, I know you don't like horror films, but I think you might no. like Pearl. No, I don't think I will. Because it's not very scary. Right. And it's very much like an homage to, like, 50s, like, Technicolor movies. But she plays okay. like a like a crazy person. Like yeah. I don't think I mean, you would I, know I don't think you a... would love X, but X, I think you no. would maybe be into Pearl. Okay. I mean I know what it's about. I just from what I heard of X, I don't know that I would enjoy I don't I don't know that I, I enjoy this type of filmmaking, but I'm willing to but Barbarian is also scary, right? Barbarian is wild. But they're definitely, I mean, there is a scene in Barbarian that is very scary. I would say overall, like, there's not like a, there's scary stuff in it. I would say it's not like, I, I really liked it, but I would not say it's like the scariest movie it's of the year. Like although there, there is like one scene that is like it's terrifying. Scary. No, yeah. I don't like that. You know, I yeah. don't like that. But Why again, you that? are, again, you're excellent in the film. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now it feels like it's a thing I have to see, or at least just send Maddie to go see. Yeah. Is that your favorite movie of the year so far? No, happening still. Yeah, still happening. Still number one. But we're getting into we're getting into the good stuff. We're, we're, we're getting, getting into the good, season. or at least the the swing and a miss stuff. Yeah. Like which is what it seems like with Don't Worry Darling. Don't worry, darling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got to see the. Got to see this. Uh, this Fableman situation. Yeah, you know those ones? Nah, hey, you guys, you guys hear about this Spielberg? You guys hear about this uh, Fableman situation? Yeah. Fa- these Fablemans. They're Fabling. Um, Meg, do you have anything you want to plug? No, 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 no. Just listen to this podcast. Yeah. Go back, listen to back category. Listen, we're back into it now. We yeah. We just did 1949. We're going to come back out with, with 1948. Mm-hmm. We talk about Hamlet and other movies like that. Yeah, 1948, the, the slate is a little, the slate is more uh, recognizable. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, before too long, we'll talk about 2012. It's been 10 years. Wow. Wow. Look at the stuff. Isn't say. it neat, you know? Um, <laughs> as always, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at The Oscar Should. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at The Oscar Should Have Gone To. If you like what you listen to, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend. Um, tell a couple yeah. friends. Yeah, tell a couple friends. You Tell as many friends as you want. You don't have to limit yourself. There's no, yeah. Yeah. Um, no yeah, thanks, thanks as always for listening. Uh, we'll be back with more frequency from now on, hopefully. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye. 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 <laughs>